your body stimulates either melatonin release or cortisol release as a response to the information it gets from the immediate surrounding, immediate light. The night shift people, they are usually being exposed to a much worse situation because during the day, 5,000, 6,000 Kelvin bright light is fine because that's almost the scenario outside anyway. But when we come to people working at night shifts, it's worse because that is exactly the period of time where you should limit your exposure to light, to blue light especially. That is when you need to be exposed to warm light, which is preferably under 2000 Kelvin, which is very warm, very orange, so that your body knows that, okay, it is sunset. I need to cut the cortisol release because then I have to go into digest and rest mode. If you can even spend 15 minutes under midday sun during the day, it's enough to jumpstart your circadian rhythm. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Talk wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Soma Vedic. Soma Vedic brings the positive elements of nature to your home. You no longer have to wait to go to nature to escape the ill effects of electrosmog and to recharge. Soma Vedic is equipped with precious stones that use their energy to enhance your sleep quality. It also helps to restructure water molecules which can reduce the amount of free radicals in your body. Book a free consultation for your home with our experts. Email to info at prc-tec.com. Visit somavedic.ae. Somavedic. Feel better. Live better. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. On today's show, I have a guest who's a lighting designer by day and a light worker by night. And she's having this effort to bring the two together. Having studied interior architecture as a bachelor's degree, the moment she was introduced to lighting in her second grade, she knew that it was her thing. And since then, she's always had a thing for lighting. She had her first master's degree on the influence of lighting and color on consumer behavior and human behavior in general. And her second master's on architectural lighting design. Besides practicing as a professional lighting designer, designer she sees her mission to spread the knowledge and raise awareness on how much we interact with each other and our favorite quote on lighting has always been by Aaron Rose and it goes like this in the right light at the right time everything is extraordinary to talk about the influence of lighting on your well-being uh, I'd like to welcome Ipek Ousman thanks so much for joining us uh, thank you so much, Anjan, first of all. And as you said, yes, in the right light, at the right time, everything is extraordinary. And this includes your well-being. So daily, we go through many health problems, can be physical, can be emotional, can be psychological, can be anything. But we go through daily different stuff, so up and down. Most of us are aware of some of the causes like nutrition, lack of sleep, stress, but we don't really know what is underlying. Even if the, the reason seems to be the lack of sleep or nutrition or stress, we don't really know where it is coming from. We usually focus on what is happening daily, but actually there is a part that is really underrated, which is the lighting. And when I'm talking about lighting here, it is not just the architectural lighting. Lighting includes the screens we are almost all day and all night in front of, like your TV screen, your computer screen, your phone, your iPad, or can be anything. In general, when we are in an environment, we are more aware of physical, the material stuff, which is 
the furniture maybe the colors but lighting we don't we don't really realize we don't pay attention to it exactly we don't pay attention to it like Aaron Rose's quotation there is one other quotation I really like which is lighting is like the bass player of the environment so unless there is something really wrong with it you don't really even realize its existence sure. so if everything is right if everything is going on then you just keep going and you don't realize and appreciate it so today I really want to talk about the correlation between you and light because as human beings we are no different than light itself we are beings of light Exactly, exactly. Even in a very physical aspect as well. Some of you might know, but uh, for the ones who, who are not really aware of this fact, but light has a wavelength dimension and a particle dimension. Sure. Just like human beings, we have a physical body and on top of that we have an energy body and um, in other words, an emotional body. So light and human beings, they are very, very similar in terms of their existence, I would say. So today I really want to talk about a little bit of the anatomy of light, the anatomy of human beings and the cooperation between them. I want to call it a cooperation because if it is done right, it is a cooperation. It can work in your favor or against you. Wow, um, I love it. I love that we yeah. have an entire talk related to this subject because we've had many experts come and talk about the importance of, you know, blocking out the blue light that comes from the screens or mm -hmm. wearing. Uh, we had a biohacker who gave me some yellow light uh, glasses which blocks out uh, mm -hmm. unnecessary radiation from the screens because he said oh you're in front of screens for so many hours but I love that we have an entire show dedicated to deconstructing how lighting can influence your well-being and is light a friend or a foe so I love that exactly exactly we can call it a friend or a foe depending on how it is how well it is done I would like to start with anatomy of the human being first in general as I mentioned before we have a physical body and an energy body and in between these there is a little bridge called our nervous system and our endocrine system now just to interrupt you in the yogic system we have five bodies so beyond the yeah. physical and energy body, these are called koshas or sheets, if anybody wants to Google and read about it. So it starts with Anamaya Kosha, which is the food body, and then the Pranamaya Kosha, which is the energy body you're talking about. Yeah. And then goes to the Manomaya Kosha, which is everything to do with your mental aptitude, your aspect of imagination and uh, your aspect of memory. Then it goes to the Vijnanamaya Kosha, which is called the knowledge body, where you have access to different knowledge planes. And finally, Anandamaya Kosha, which is called the bliss body. So in the yogic text, it very clearly says how these five sheets or five bodies are all affected by different frequencies of light exactly I, I completely agree with that what you said because it has a different impact on each and every body you just mentioned I will just start with basic physical structure of our sure. body that is interacting with light. As I said, it is all about our endocrine and our nervous system that light has the most impact on. How it works is, so you have a central nervous system, which is made out of your spinal cord and your brain. And on top of that, you have a peripheral nervous system, which is everything else. Talking about how the blueprint works in the energy body is, you can think about it in a way, maybe it's not exactly the scenario, but the closest it gets I would say is the seven chakras that we all know that is aligned through your spinal cord and then the 72,000 nadis that is spread all around your body everywhere so in the yogic system we call these energy channels or nadis like you're saying exactly so uh, in the nervous system it has a very similar structure so you can even 
almost superposed on top of each other. Let me take some guesses. Thymus, thyroid, pituitary, adrenal, something in the stomach and then gonads. Pancreas. Pancreas and gonads. Something in the stomach is pancreas and then you have your reproductive organs. That's right. Exactly. And it goes and then your bowl, of course, which is your second brain as we all get accustomed to it very recently. But when talking about the nervous system, we divide it into two as the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. So if we address the central nervous system as the brain and the spinal cord, then you have the peripheral nervous system that is everything else. So all your channels, like your nerves, all of it is called the peripheral nervous system. So we all know about the central part, which is brain and spinal cord. And then we have the peripheral, which has different sub-dimensions as motor and sensory. So let's talk about light impacting this nervous system now. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, first of all, you have the sensory organs that are connected to your brain and your spinal cord, which collects the data and then transmits the data to these to the central nervous system. So the data here is light and the sensory organ we are talking about is your eyes. So this is the first myth you're breaking is that the eyes is not the only organ in your body yeah. that takes in light. Definitely. There is also your skin. But the skin absorbs a different structure of substructure of light, I would say, but eyes work in a different way. So we all, maybe um, everyone heard this at least once in their lives, the rods and cones that are the little the cells retina. in the yes. retina. Exactly. Um, so rods are responsible for seeing in the dark, which is uh, the general contour, the shape of the uh, object. And then you have the uh, cones, which is responsible for, for seeing under daylight, which is the color and the details of objects. But these are not the only two. This is the third myth I want to bust here. There is a third cell which is called melanopsin, IPRGC cells in a more scientific name. So these cells collect the data, two specific data from the from the light it receives from the immediate surrounding, which is the color temperature of the light and the intensity of the light. Uh, when I say intensity of light, a lot of people can actually understand what I'm talking about. When we say color temperature, even if it sounds very scientific, actually it's just the color of light. Mm. So you probably have realized that all through the day, the color of daylight changes. That's it is right. not fixed. It's not a fixed color. Even if when we are buying bulbs, we refer to daylight as 5,600 Kelvin, this is just the midday light. So from 6 a.m. in the morning to 9 p.m. in the evening, it changes color. As as we mentioned before, your eye collects this information from light through your melanopsin cells in the retina. Then they transmit this information to your central nervous system, to your brain and spinal cord. This information is processed and then sent to your peripheral nervous system. So here by peripheral, what we refer to is the motor neurons because sensory has already done its part and collected the information. So motor neurons actually sent this information to all your muscles, organs, glands, everything. As a result of this, your body stimulates a response. And this is called either a sympathetic nervous system activation or a parasympathetic nervous system activation. That's right. Just to make one thing clear, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm very far from that. But this is just a tool for us to understand how they interact with each other. So this is just a gateway in our body that lets the light in. From an architectural point of view, you can use all this neuroscientific information to design lighting that helps people with their rhythms or their even the circadian rhythms, right? Yes. Let's correct. talk about that for a moment. Correct. Sure. So as we said, daylight changes color temperature all through the day. So from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., it starts with below 2000 Kelvin, which is a very warm orange light, like a candlelight. And then all th- all through the day, it goes all the way up to 5600, 6000 Kelvin, which is a 
bright blue light, almost close to fluorescent, I would say, and then goes all the way down to below 2000, where it started in the beginning of the day. So do you recommend people program the lights in their house also with similar kind of uh, intensity? Not necessarily if you already have access to daylight. Today, a lot of people try to sell human-centric light. And if you already have access to daylight, if you can even spend 15 minutes under midday sun during the day, it's enough. It's fine to actually, let's say, jumpstart your circadian rhythm. And the neural system then understands what time it is uh, biologically without you having to enforce any time on it. Exactly. But I think where the problem arises is people using bright light all through the night when actually the neural system is supposed to be resting with Mm -hmm. lesser intensity of light, right? That also, and on top of that, there are people working in environments that doesn't have access to daylight. Mm. Like, for example, Closed um, studio rooms where you record rooms. podcasts. Um, shopping <laughs> rooms. Shopping malls. That's right. Uh, shopping malls is a very good example of this. This is a massive environment, but most of the time it doesn't have access to daylight. And people working from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. almost, maybe there are shifts, of course, but at least half of the day they receive the exact same color temperature and intensity of light, which makes the body think, so what do I do now? So do the body I activate gets confused. The, yeah, do I activate the fight and flight or do I activate the rest and digest, which is your simple Sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, your response to this. And we all know this as circadian rhythm. So um, your body stimulates either melatonin release or cortisol release as a response to the information it gets from the immediate surrounding, immediate light, Im- uh, the light in the immediate surrounding. Which is why I, I find mall employees are so buzzed from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Definitely. The night shift people, they are usually being exposed to a much worse situation because during the day, 5,000, 6,000 Kelvin bright light is fine because that's almost the scenario outside anyway. But when we come to people working at night shifts, it's worse because that is exactly the period of time where you should limit your exposure to to light, to blue light especially, because that is when you need to be exposed to warm light, which is preferably under 2000 Kelvin, which is very warm, very orange, so that your body knows that, okay, it is sunset, I need to cut the cortisol release and start increasing the melatonin. Exactly, because then I have to go into digest and rest mode. True. Because when you go back all the way back to the beginning of the civilization, that is the only two responses you need, right? You either fight or hunt or you literally try to survive. And then at night, you rest it's completely you relax. dark. The only thing you might have is fire, which is very orange, or candlelight in the later eras. And it's very orange. But then came LED. So you spoke about the anatomy of the body and its connection with light. Let's talk about the anatomy of light. Yes, sure. As I said, this color temperature of light is the main formation we have from from the light in in terms of regulating the, the hormone releases in the body. When we come to the light, the type of light, it can go from cosmic rays to gamma rays, beta rays, or um, candlelight, you know. But this is some, most part of it is the invisible spectrum. The visible spectrum, we can actually perceive the color of. Ultraviolet to infrared. Why do you think think humans are designed only to perceive that much? Um, I mean. Just throwing a philosophical question at you. Honestly, I have no idea. We actually perceive it in a way, but not in a visual way. We don't see it, but I think we, we feel it. We feel it. 
we feel change in energy. Like you, you walk into a place out of nowhere without a reason. You don't like it. And so you're saying now you have a reason. You don't have to say I don't know why I don't like the energy. It could be the light. It could be high infrared or low ultraviolet through exactly. which you're getting certain vibrations which you're not able to really logically comprehend or because you can't see it with your retina. Definitely. Wow, I love that. Because we just talked about sensory organs. These are the part of the f- spectrum which we call invisible spectrum for a reason because it's not visible we just don't see it but it doesn't mean that it's not it fair. doesn't exist yeah exactly so that's the radiation part we are talking about when we refer to technological devices but then also not just the radiation part but you receive a lot of blue light even if you turn on the night shift even if you dim it down to like a less bright condition you still receive a lot of blue light and this Why? is inevitable in today's world because everybody has gadgets and everybody mm-hmm. is hooked to gadgets and the world somehow has become so technologically advanced that we cannot live without gadgets anymore even forget about gadgets we don't even use edison bulb anymore in any environment because it consumes a lot of electricity that turns into a like a massive bill at the end of the month so we're all using leds we are all using leds and we know them as energy savers but by while saving energy what else does it do like while while it is so there so as an architect are you pro edison bulbs and against led <laughs> I'm pro no light. <laughs> of course, that's using is natural impossible. light in your architectural design as much mm. as possible, okay. but at night I'm saying a candlelight or even Edison bulb because Edison bulb is literally a a piece of metal filament filament getting warmer and more warmer and then uh, it turns into a black body radiation where it radiates. It's just very similar to fire actually. It radiates orange light because that's the the color of the wire when it gets really hot. But when it comes to LED even if you have the phosphorus or similar materials coating on top of the led chip as we always see it as yellow right the led chip check check it on google you see that because of the silicon it's yeah yellow but it's not actually silicon on top of the blue diet you have phosphorus mm. coating or sometimes it can be some other material but very yeah I mean, most of the time it's is phosphorus so what is your advice to people who cannot architecturally redesign their house or their rooms is it in the night just switch on only candles or oil lamps i know that this is too much to ask for okay <laughs> then yes that's that's actually because even that's the best case scenario candles and oil lamps best case scenario like the ideal scenario would be to try to stay away as much as possible from any screen that has an led on the background especially okay. after after especially after 7 pm after sunset from 7 pm to 9 pm it's still tolerable but after 9 pm at least 2 hours before you go to sleep try to stay away from led i'm not only talking about devices here it's also the the lighting in your house the Uh, the bulbs the um, coal lighting whatever it is even if it seems to be 2700 kelvin which is warm enough it's still an un- underlying light that comes from the source of the light is blue hmm. and it hits the phosphorus and it emits yellowish light i would say but at the end of the day the diet in uh, under it is blue wellness is more than just physical health it's your total well-being talk wellness with anjan This episode is powered by Soma Vedic, designed to keep your body in a natural environment, boosting regeneration and self-healing. Book a free consultation. Email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae. 
Talk Wellness with Anjan. So even if the light appears to be warm to your eyes, like 2700 Kelvin to 4000 Kelvin, I would still call it a warm color temperature. It doesn't change the fact that the source of the light is emitting blue light. That's right. So in that sense, using night mode on your electronic devices is not really doing it. Mm. It just appears to be warmer and you can actually dim the intensity as well. So it doesn't disturb your eyes. But your brain, you cannot deceive it. Uh, it's still aware of the fact that the source of light is blue. So at the end of the day, even if you are using warm color LEDs in your architectural lighting, in your house, in your office, in, in wherever, or even if you are using your electronic devices in night mode, it still is LED at the end of the day and it's still blue light. So oil lamps and candles. Oil lamps, candles, <laughs> even I would say filament lamps, any sort okay. of filament lamp is still, that doesn't have LED inside, I would say. Now they are working on different uh, diodes that emits light in a different color from okay. the beginning that doesn't really go out blue and then hit the phosphorus and change the color. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I also wanted to spend a few moments talking about the influence of lighting and color on consumer behavior and human behavior in general because this is what you had your masters in. Yeah, correct. It was mainly about how you can make people purchase and stay more in the environment. If wow. it's a restaurant, if it's a cafe, it's a, it can be a, a store, whatever it is, you uh, at the end of the day it can stimulate two responses only, um, avoidance an approach mm. and avoidance and approach comes from whether you find the environment pleasant even if you find it visually pleasant but at the same time not really fitting into your needs which means you might not like the color scheme That's even right. if you do your brain might not and it can um, trigger a stress stress reaction so if you can if you are triggering a stress reaction if you're stimulating a stress reaction you will definitely avoid that space mm. and you will leave as soon as possible or don't even go in and this is something that consumers in general are unaware of this is yes. psychological kind of techniques used by merchandisers it's a very emotional response it is it wow is. this is amazing so your advice is when somebody's going to a shop or to a restaurant mm -hmm. is to be aware of it uh, it's complete involuntary action I would say. So you can't be aware of it. You can't. Be, I mean, you. Uh, yeah, of course. When I ask you, for it. example, mm. just think about the restaurant we have been a couple of days ago. Did you like it? You might say, no, not really. What did you, didn't you like about it? The food, the music, what, what it was? Nah, I don't really know, but I didn't really like it. So it's probably the lighting. Might be. I'm not saying every time it's lighting, but it's, right. um, it's a major part of it. Because we don't really realize in a conscious way, in a, in a voluntary way, how we react to light. Um, unless we are talking about glare, for example. That, is, that has nothing to do with circadian rhythm, but glare is a very disturbing aspect of light. If there is light right into your eyes, and if you cannot really see, it yes. blinds you, then you definitely wouldn't want to stay there. But this is the voluntary and more, more aware part of it. I know some restaurants around the world have been experimenting with the complete darkness meals. Have you mm -hmm. heard of these concepts? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they even give these, like, you know, like these American Navy SEALs have these green goggles through which you can see mm -hmm. in the night. Like, and people are eating their meals without actually seeing the food completely. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, Again, a marketing I, tactic or... I've never been to any of these, Neither but I feel I. like you feel like predator, mm, you know, like, uh, yeah, exactly. So you, you see in the thermal view and you cannot yeah. really see anything. But actually, it is a very good response marketing strategy to actually make you react in a way that makes you, for example, if it's a restaurant, you'll definitely eat more because mm. you don't feel safe. It's dark. You cannot see. We most of the time depend our vision 
to feel safe. I That's can right. see. I'm, I'm, I know where I am. I know which way I'm going. I'm not going to hit anything. I'm not going to fall down. These all, For all of these, we depend on our vision. So just imagine you are in a completely novel environment. You don't see anything. You only have the thermal camera view. What do you do? Mm. And it's a very, actually, I would say, even when we are babies, our mothers feed us when we are crying, when we are not feeling safe, when we yep. are when when we are not like uh, in our best mood. The feeding is the is the response we get. So this is like a, some sort of auto- automatic action. Wow, automatic whoever, response. Well, we figured it out. Has gone deep into consumer psychology then. Definitely consumer psychology, energy, body, light, everything. So now let's break some myths. Okay. Go for it. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about the light therapy. Some of you might have heard about this, but in most of the Nordic countries where there is no access to daylight, at least six months a year, people develop a lot of psychological issues like depression, like anxiety, like and many others. It happens even in the UK, like in London, when they definitely. don't find the sun coming out at all for like eight months in a row. Yeah, definitely. But at least it is slightly light. Still, you can understand it's, it's, it's the day. But when it comes to like the extremes of it, the Nordic countries, for example, you don't really have access to daylight at all sometimes. Night part is fine. That's exactly what it's supposed to be anyway. But during the day, it, it makes you develop a lot of psychological problems mm. on top of that physical as well. So what is the myth we want to break there? Light therapy. These people are usually exposed to light therapy where you expose the patient to the exact simulation of the daylight okay. from morning to night. And at some parts, it gets warm because the daylight gets warm. If LED lamps are used for this light therapies, it is not going to give you any other result. That's right. But it's, it's at the end of the day, it's going to be blue light. So which is why in the Nordic countries, they go to the sauna a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because at least heat, sensory organs are kind of connected to That's each right. other. That's right, light and heat go exactly. along if with Exactly, if you cannot other. smell something, you cannot taste it either, kind of. So when you feel the heat and there is some orange light inside, it when you close your eyes, it gives you the feeling of sun. So sauna is a, is a, is a big thing over there, I think. Uh, definitely not here in Dubai. <laughs> it's too hot for that. It is like, it is similar to the night mode of the technological devices. So if the light therapy is done with LED lights, it is, it is going to be a very similar result. On top of that, for example, in, in architectural lighting, most of the time, it is believed that indirect lighting, when you have, for example, coal lighting, where you don't have r- direct access to the light itself, then you, you are not going to be disturbed by the light coming out of the... So like uh, fireplaces. Exactly, like uh, that, for example. That's, uh, But I'm talking about the digital ones, mm. of course. Uh, or the coal lighting, the linear LED that goes under the, the false ceiling and the actual ceiling that emits light in an indirect way. So uses the, the walls or the ceiling as a lambert secondary light source and scatters the light from there it doesn't mean that you you don't have access to light even if it is being bounced back from a different surface which is again white your eyes still perceive the light so having uh, indirect lighting or cold light hidden lighting it is not much different than having direct lighting of course not in terms of glare it helps a lot with glare and uh, keeping the environment dim so intensity-wise and uh, glare-wise, it is a very good option. But circadian rhythm-wise, so the color mm. temperature-wise, it is exactly the same. What is your advice for everybody listening on how they can change their light for their well-being? Um, I, I would say, uh, first of all, 
try to pick environments that has access to daylight because or natural light natural light in any 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 sort of natural light because even if you kind of simulated imitated somehow with this human centric lighting it is still not exactly the same we already talked about why it is that way so um try to be exposed to daylight as much as possible if, if you cannot really choose if you don't have the choice at least try to spend 15 minutes mm. a day under daylight uh, at preferably 12 p.m. because that's the exact and not you, you don't recommend well. like twilight like early in the morning just before the sun is up and twilight mm-hmm. in the evening mm-hmm. just before the sun sets you don't recommend that light of course that as well but i'm just talking about where if you are spending a lot of time in an environment that only has artificial lighting mm. then spending t- 15 minutes under daylight at 12 p.m. will still jump start at least that's your circadian right. rhythm but preferably of course the ideal scenario would be to be exposed to light during sunset sunrise and during midday so your body at least has an idea about what time of the day is, is it so right so that's one thing they can do when it comes to the architectural lighting i would say lighting everywhere homogeneous in a very bright way is not the right way. Mm. Uh too much light is also wrong lighting design. Too little light that you cannot really see around is also wrong light. So uh what we recommend is to have one to three ratio in between the general illuminance and the task surface. Let's say if you have a if you have a um, an office and uh, these days we are mostly working from home. So if you have an office that doesn't have access to daylight, you only need to have three times more light than you have in the general environment. So in that way you are not exposed to too much light and it's not very disturbing and you can uh, also at the same time um in a way prevent glare this way as well. So um having a hierarchy of light inside a space is the right way to mm. light and you just need to know where to highlight. not uh, in a homogeneous way everywhere um indirect light as i said uh, is helpful in terms of the intensity of light so that's tip number 3 exactly tip number 3 is having an indirect light source that you can at least at night switch on and switch off the direct light so that it's not directly into your eyes so intensity and glare wise you can still benefit from that and it might make it a little better mm. in terms of color temperature as well tip 4 would be to use warm to dim and dimmable lights not the really bright ones exactly it's on and off is not exactly what you want so if you can dim the intensity like the, if you can change the intensity of light in a smooth way so dimmers dimmers are easy to get at any hardware store find a dimmer for all your lights exactly and even today you literally have applications for some of the brands That's that you right. can download on your on, uh, your, on your exactly on your phone and then you can just literally change the color of light and it's on the it's just one touch So it's very easy. So dim to warm and dimmable lights there are two different things. Dim to warm is changing the color temperature of light. Here as we said, it doesn't really change the complete scenario, but it can make it at least a little bit better if you don't have any other option. Now, giving you suggestions to dim the light in your life and at the same time brighten the light within you. That's what this talk is yes. about. We want you to leave a comment and tell us are you going to implement these tips that Epec has just given you to increase your well-being through the proper use of light. Talk wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Somavedic, designed to keep your body in a natural environment, boosting regeneration and self-healing. Book a free consultation. Email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae. Talk wellness with Anjan.
Now to go a bit more in depth, let's talk about the diseases that can happen if somebody doesn't pay attention to proper light in their life. We most of the time we underestimate the impact of light on on the well-being. That's exactly why we wanted to cast some light on the subject. So most of the time we have we know the influence about light on uh let's say more like psychological way we all know that lack of light but lack of daylight causes depression anxiety and this this and that but in the long run i'm not saying following these tips or not following them is going to change your life in a day of course it's it's not going to change because it takes a lot more than that to first of all to begin to change your life in the opposite direction from cardiovascular diseases to diabetes autoimmune disorders very basically stress disorders so anything pretty much you can you can think about it can be caused by stress we already know that but we don't know that light has an impact on stress that's right so we we are very, we are very familiar with um all of the diseases that can come from a lot of stress cancer is a part of this cancer as i said diabetes um cardiovascular diseases autoimmune disorders autoimmune disorders as in thyroid dysfunction or reproductive issues infertility for for women for example polycystic ovary syndrome This so basically we've heard change your food change your life change your water change your life and mm-hmm. i think we should put this right up there with those two change your light change your life definitely these are some questions i ask all my guests okay what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it uh my biggest failure is as designers we always design on the other side of the screen so computer aided design or even if you are hand drawing on paper everything works anything can work but then you step on the site and you start executing realizing what you have just designed and you realize that it might not work in real life mm-hmm. you face problems that you cannot even begin to imagine uh in front of the paper or on the other side of the screen so my biggest failure in that sense was my site experience because mm-hmm. we designed for months and months and back and forth with the client the contractor everyone and finally when you go to the site and it's when we some, went to the site and it doesn't work <laughs> what do you do then <laughs> so this love for light came to you early on in architecture or it's yeah. developed eventually how did that happen to be honest it's almost it has been in me since i was a, a kid my father is a is a physics uh, he studied physics and all through my childhood he always brought me some books about astrophysics space stars and uh, from our point of view stars are just a dot of light you know That's so right. i always looked up into the sky and, and anyway distance like, in astronomy and astrology is calculated in light years definitely so light has a lot to do with the space the mysteries of space even at some point in my life i wanted to be a, a astronomer. astronomer exactly it all started with a little bit with my dad in the later stages of my life in when i was in high school he was always like helping me with my physics classes so he taught me everything about how light works even like relativity um lights optics electricity everything i learned i learned it from my dad first of all amazing and then i started studying interior architecture which has nothing to do with any of these and uh on in my second year when i was an exchange student i got accustomed to lighting design and i realized that i can actually use it in my design to change people's lives and perception of the space because put everything whatever you want into the space and turn off the lights you don't see anything That's right. so if light is not there there is nothing else and so light became the most important element for you as an architect 
definitely. It's uh, it, I fell in love the second I got to know that lighting design is a thing because it's not a, still to this day it is not a very big thing in my country. Some of the people are not even aware of the fact that there are people called lighting designers. That's right. Sometimes they get it as lightning designers and you end <laughs> up being Zeus, like you know. Or Thor. Yeah, or my Lord Indra. Yeah. Talk wellness. With this episode is powered by Soma Vedic, designed to keep your body in a natural environment, boosting regeneration and self-healing. Book a free consultation. Email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae. Talk Wellness with Anjan. So, this is my next question for you. Who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? And you already mentioned your dad, so you just got to name two more. Yeah. First one is my professor that taught us about lighting design. Okay. And the th- and the third one uh, would be the first company I worked for back in Turkey. He was the managing director of the studio and he influenced me to a level um, that I can even to this day say when it comes to light I learned it from my dad and my professor, but architectural lighting design. So half to implement Mantis into the interior. What's his name? Zeki Kadirveolo. Shout out to him. What is the one common myth about your profession or your field that you want to debunk? Um, excuse me. Can you can you? Repeat? What is the one common myth or mm-hmm. you know something in your field that mm-hmm. you want to debunk? that you want to break. I, I would definitely say the influence of light people are not even aware of it. Even architects. Even architects themselves like picking just 50,000 bulbs for like a tower or a mm. shopping mall. Put it there. Yes, of course. Do you turn it on people will see. But it's not the only function of light. There is a lot more to it. What are your thoughts on all these massive billboards, especially if you go to, uh, say, New York Times Square, right? Mm. Where it's just full of these 60-foot-tall billboards filled with micro-LED lights and just yeah. making it look like daytime even in the midnight. What are your thoughts on that? Actually, I always thought there is a reason why they call it a city that never sleeps. Mm. Because they can't. <laughs> it's too much light and it's all blue light. So uh, I would say their melatonin levels are to a minimum. <laughs> I call this daily routines. Name something that you do every single day without fail. I don't. I cannot really think of anything at this moment. But can you, if you can explain me a little bit more. Oh, no, like just something that you do every day without fail. Like some people say, I write, I journal, I meditate, I walk. Maybe oh, okay. you, you like, can say, I dim my light. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I would say staying positive, mm. no matter what. Because, I mean, as like any human being, I go through things. Some are positive, some are negative. But I think my superpower, I would say, is um, to stay positive no matter what. Amazing. I call this pursuit of relaxation. And I ask all my guests, what are your thoughts on happiness? I don't think it is. it depends on anything. Everything that happens around you depends on that state of mind. It's it's the other way around. That's my that's my perception of it. If it, you you cannot be happy because something good happens to you or something is going the right way. Things go the right way and things good things happen to you because you are in a, in that state of mind. It's not a momentary feeling. It is it is a state of mind. It's a way of living, I would say. It might sound a bit cliché, but I experienced this myself. That's why today I, I say no matter what, I try to stay positive because then I know that things will things will eventually fall into the right place if I stay on the positive side. Well said. I call this shipwreck. If you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island and you had your food, clothing, shelter, everything taken care of, what are the two things you'd want to carry with you? I would say any device that can provide me music. Okay. Because that without that, I okay. cannot. Music. Definitely. And second, I would 
take my telescope or telescope. anything that can that I can literally <laughs> because I, I you don't find the opportunity to actually watch the sky right yeah. light pollution light and pollution. exactly a lot of light pollution and we all live in the cities even like any any district near to cities have a lot of light so you don't really get the chance to watch the sky properly so since I have the opportunity I'll definitely take a telescope or, or something similar with me to watch the sky I call this where Anjan's footwear if you could step into my footwear what would you have asked yourself that I did not ask you what type of light you use at home what type of light do you <laughs> use at home Ipek <laughs> Okay um unfortunately it's not really possible to change it uh, especially here because everything comes with like expats like me for example who are here for a certain period of time working and spending most of their times outside of the house anyway we always rent usually a studio that is furnished so it comes with light so believe it or not i have fluorescent all over mm. the place so i try to keep everything off as much as possible and just light some candlesticks and candles and like tiny little table lamps Beautiful. and stuff like that Salt so lamps. i try to change it but if you ask me what i have fixed in in, in my home it is fluorescent <laughs> Before we let you go is there a motto or a quote that you've written down somewhere that you look at every day and you you read it perhaps and you want to share that with everybody listening Uh actually yes unfortunately I don't exactly know who said it first but I really love the quotation uh, as above so below as within so without as the universe so the soul That's beautiful <laughs> Ipek Osman thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Talk Wellness Thank you so much Anjan for um giving me the opportunity and casting some light on light. I like the pun there and uh, it's so important that we spoke about the importance of light for well-being and I'm so thankful that you brought in such pertinent information on today's show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Soma Vedic. Soma Vedic brings the positive elements of nature to your home. You no longer have to wait to go to nature to escape the ill effects of electrosmog and to recharge. Soma Vedic is equipped with precious stones that use their energy to enhance your sleep quality. It also helps to restructure water molecules which can reduce the amount of free radicals in your body. book a free consultation for your home with our experts email to info@prc-tec.com visit somavedic.ae somavedic feel better live better I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode and I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only and you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours always consult your own doctor therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes and we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends your family your circles and talk about it that's why we call this series talk wellness we need your support to get the conversation around well-being 
to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode is episode 30. Wow! We've already covered 30 episodes and this one's going to be a solo cast with me, Anjan. And I will be talking about how you need constant vigilance for emotional readiness. Thank you once again for your listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste.